Welcome to What If, a podcast rooted in love, joy, and wild possibility. I'm your host, Kelly McEntee. I'm a mindset coach for life and business, also known as the Founders Coach. My mission is to help you step into that bold woman energy so you can become the founder that's been within you all along. What do you want to say you're the founder of? In becoming the founder, you will learn, grow, see possibility, and be awe-inspired every single day. It's the most beautiful transformation you'll ever experience. So let's dive in to today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of What If? And today we have a fabulous creative soul that I'm so excited for you to get to know. Her name is Lisa Oxner. She is the founder and co-owner of Freshly Brewed Copy. And within that business too, she's also the lead copywriter. And for any of you that are readers of Founder Magazine. She is featured in our quarter one 2024 issue of Founder, which is all about love. We focus on love in the sense of self-love and cultivating more self-love for our own selves, but then also celebrating love. And so we've got some interviews in the magazine as well from, from those who are in the wedding industry as well. And so Lisa is here to talk with us today about a piece that she shared in the magazine. I want to go a little deeper with her. I want to dive in and get to know her. And I want you to get to know her um, and her story and experience around rest and how that actually feeds into our creativity. And so Lisa, I would love for you to take it away, introduce yourself. And maybe if we get the conversation going right away, um, just want to get started in asking you, when did you realize okay, it's time to slow it down a little bit. Thank you for the introduction, Kelly. Oh, gosh, I think when I realized that question, I guess let me back up a little bit. I've been, I started the business in 2020, fully went out on my own, um, took the big leap of faith. And I would say the first two years of running the business, I was operating out of those old patterns, right? Like working the long hours, the nights, the weekends, um, pushing myself to that edge, probably over the edge, burning out every season. There's four seasons, right? And every season, like clockwork, I would burn out. And finally got to the point where I was like, something has to change because this is a pattern, right? And so I need to take different action. I need to really think about what does success look like and feel like for me, not for my peers or somebody that I look up to or somebody that I feel I want to become, right? But really, what does it look like for me? What does it feel like? So I started to kind of take a step back. I started to think about how do I want my ideal week to look and feel, right? What kind of hours do I want to set? Um, because I'll be honest, um, clients, and I love my clients dearly, but they were running my calendar, right? It was like, when do you want to hop on a call? I'd be doing calls on weekends. I'd be doing calls in the evening. And I had to really think about how do I want to restructure that? Um, and so that was probably the first kind of step into slowing down. I think as a result, I was also seeking lots of books and kind of podcasts and things around that. So I think I can't attribute it to like one particular um, 
book or podcast necessarily, but I was starting to read and kind of like absorb different types of ideas around that. Um, actually, let me, I take that back. There is one book, I can't remember the author, but it was, um, I believe it was called The Ruthless Elimination mm. of Slowing Down, or not Elimination, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry or something along those lines. So that book really spoke to me. I'll try to see if I can um, get you the, the proper name and author after. Um, but that book really spoke to me. And it was just, again, creating that ideal week, using Saturdays as like a Sabbath, you know, um, not even necessarily from a religious perspective, although that book did kind of go in that direction. Um, but just having this day of rest and giving yourself permission to do so, because I think as creative entrepreneurs, we tend to um, feel like we have to earn our rest and we feel like somebody has to honor that. But when you work for yourself, like it's you giving yourself permission, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something that resonates so much with myself too. Like when I left my job, so I left my job to do go all in on my business. Um, I think it was also in 2020 as well, like March mm -hmm. of 2020. Um, and so now it's 2024 and I feel like I'm finally like clean from the <laughs> expectation of like, you start a meeting at eight, you're end your work day at five. Like I've just grown, grown up, I'm air coding, grown up, grown up in my career in government mm -hmm. workplaces and in, um, nonprofit organizations where it's very much like, we open and close at these certain times. We're not open later. We could shut off work later. Um, mm -hmm. But yet you better be there in those hours. And so for me, it's been this ongoing unlearning of like, it's okay if your first meeting of the day doesn't start till 10. It's okay if you don't start working in the day till 10. And in fact, like this morning, I worked for two hours from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. And like that gets to count as like, what you complete and finish in a day. Um, and so I want to know from you too, like, did it feel, oh, one more thing with that too, is, mm -hmm. as you like hold compassion for yourself and, and nurturing yourself through sometimes the resistance that comes in the desire to slow down, like we want to slow down. I love to remind coaching clients, and this came from like reminding myself first, is like since kindergarten, since preschool, since if we went to daycare when our parents were working, like all we've ever lived and known is like the business hours, business day structure. And mm -hmm. so like, it's okay that it takes a little while to really feel like you can give yourself that full permission to create a schedule that you like, because it's not this like new it's not something that you're you're not used to like it's been this this structure has been your life for the longest time especially in our society so all that to say mm -hmm. did it feel super great and natural for you to start pulling things back and slowing down like how did that experience go for you well, I love that you said the word unlearning, because I think that's a big piece of, I would say, where I'm at in the business right now. It's unlearning a lot of those habits that I think at one point maybe did serve me for sure, right? It's um, 
they had their their time and place, but they're no longer serving me. So um, to answer your other question, no, I don't think rest um, or even play necessarily comes easy for me. I'm, um, you know, as a, we didn't mention this in the intro, but um, I'm an immigrant. I immigrated from Belarus when I was seven, so I didn't know English. I came to a completely new country with a very different culture than like Soviet Russia, Soviet Union that I was used to. So um, it was a big culture shock. And I think because of that, um, I just always felt like I had to work twice as hard, right? And so rest was never easy for me, even as a kid. I think when I was little, little, yes, because it's so natural for us to play and rest and do those things. But um, even still, like winding down for me as an adult is a little bit, I'll put adult in quotes, <laughs> is yeah. a little hard because it's, um, my my brain just wants to keep going. I want to put more on the to-do list. There's more things I want to achieve. There's more connections I want to reach out to. Like, it's just going, going. So I do have to be really mindful um, in the evening to unplug, even though, again, it's a work in progress. It doesn't happen every night. Um, I want to be super transparent, but I'm always working at it. I'm always writing things in my journal, writing things on my board, like power down. Sometimes I have to set reminders on Alexa, like mm -hmm. Lisa, get ready for bed, meaning like power down, you mm -hmm. know, power mm -hmm. down your brain so you can rest. Yeah. You know, and I have to put like books out in front of me so I can physically see them to kind of invite me to slow down or like I, I took a knitting class. So I have to put out my like, you know, whatever it is that I'm working on, like my cowl neck, like out on the couch, my husband keeps moving it. And I'm like, no, 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 it's there symbolically for me to be like, rest, relax, yeah. slow down. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I love that. And I want to like celebrate and honor you as well. Like you shared of like those, those habits that was that like working hard, which also I want to put out a disclaimer too. It's wonderful to work hard by the way I, I had this like revelation I know it sounds like such a silly revelation but in this world where we um see in social media like go with the flow and all of that sort of mm -hmm. stuff too there's a difference between working hard and hustling and I've always felt sometimes mm -hmm. for a while I was feeling like shame like why do I feel like I have to work so hard when it looks like them it come for them it comes so easy that like there's no shame in working hard, but then with like this slowdown, it's like putting the parameters around your hard work. And actually the greater the parameters around your hard work, the more rest time you allow yourself um, or like the intentionality even around that rest time, the more you do get to like crank that engine and like do work hard when you are in that intentional work mode too. Like you do a much better and more efficient mm -hmm. job. Um, so I went off on a little tangent there with that disclaimer, but I want to go back. <laughs> you were sharing how at one point in time, that way of being like helped you survive or mm -hmm. it, it was just like what you were used to. And I think of your, your journey of like coming to America as a seven-year-old, like you're not an average seven-year-old. Like you think about, mm -hmm. I think about my five-year-olds, like their biggest concern is playing and that got to be like your biggest concern until you were seven and then you up leveled this likely massive sense of responsibility and just need to survive. And so part of your survival was doing what needed to be done, whatever that was like 
pulling up your pants and doing the things that needed to get done. And now it's almost like this celebration of like, oh, you don't have to survive so hard anymore. Yeah. And to like honor and celebrate who that little girl was and how she got you here mm-hmm. and how now you get to, even as an adult, like nurture her then too. I'm going to start crying. Just like think like <laughs> but to nurture her yeah. that then now through these things that you're doing, like knitting and taking Fridays mm-hmm. off and just like asking, like, what do I want to need right now? And, and also knowing like, it's not easy. So I have to put these actual physical anchors in place mm-hmm. to remind myself, like you're safe to pause for a moment. I love that you brought up like inner child work. Cause I think that's really important work. And I've done um, a little bit of work through just with learning about it through therapy and um, other coaches that have brought that to light that I think um, there is that. And I think, especially for women, you know, that inner child work is so healing. It's so therapeutic to be able to sort of reconnect with your inner child, to be able to play in the business, to be able to um, have fun. Mm -hmm. Um, to be able to create just to create, not always to monetize. Right. And that's why, I mean, I brought up the knitting thing. Like I'm awful. I have so many mistakes in Mm -hmm. that call net, but that's the whole point is it doesn't have to be perfect. It's not going out to, you know, it's not, it doesn't have to be a work of art. It's just play. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. Right. So giving ourselves permission to just play and just slow down and rest is so important. I think when we reconnect with our inner child in that way and kind of remember, like I sort of in my head, I kind of have like my nine-year-old self, Mm. not my seven-year-old self, but my nine-year-old self, because there was still a little bit of that playfulness, but it was kind of teetering between becoming a little bit more serious and Mm -hmm. playful, but it helps me to see that kind of nine-year-old self and be like, what does she want to do today? How does Mm -hmm. she want to run the business today? You Mm -hmm. know, because I think that's a really important question to ask all of us. And um, it's always funny when I really tune in on the things that come up, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, it's very intuitive. Like you can hear your intuition a little bit better than when it's like the sort of serious, like we're going to get things done. And that's important too, but it's got to be a balance between the two. Do you have any examples of what your nine-year-old self has advised you to do or not do? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, gosh, I feel like I'm sure I do. Let me think here for a second. Um, I think, you know, the nine-year-old self is just more, um, her compass is more focused on joy. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think when I ask her that and I look at that long to do list that I have in front of me, mm-hmm. she's able to sift through it really quickly and be like, that looks fun. That mm-hmm. looks joyful. Let's do that. And it's still on the list, but it's able to come up a little bit higher versus my myself sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. My older self will be like, and again, there's a time and place, but she'll be like, no, 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 we should do this, this, this. Right. Right. And the thing about doing the joyful thing first is then your cup is full. You're feeling good. You're happy. You can go in that flow state so much faster mm-hmm. when you're feeling good. So yeah. I think my nine-year-old self, I should probably, I don't think I consulted with her this morning and I probably should. 
I should have um, this interview just, with that. Yeah, we should be like, okay, we should redo this interview with the nine-year-old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. But yeah, no, it's, it's interesting how that kind of comes up. Mm-hmm. How have you seen, um, okay, so I'm going to back up before I ask mm-hmm. this question. There's sometimes I have, for my own self, have felt... I don't want to say shame. Shame feels like such a heavy word for how I felt, but maybe almost annoyed at myself for maybe how long I will slow down or immerse myself in a slow down to then just do like a 15 minute creative burst of work. But I think like that's the whole point of it is that sometimes the creative process, like the actual action of creating whatever you're going to create doesn't take that long but it's like the slowing down mm-hmm. takes time. Like when, once the ideas hit, it goes, like it's, it takes off. Mm-hmm. And so that for me has been like another unlearning of like, it's fine that it took you, you know, two hours. Or sometimes it's like, it took you a week for like this post to come to life. It came from like this idea of like, well, I want to talk about this. And how, and then you just like percolate and you live your life and you do your thing and all of that sort of stuff. But those posts that are like the best ones, those don't always come to life when I'm just like frantically going. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to hear from you Mm -hmm. and your own creative process of like, what, what's on the other side for you when you slow down? Like what kind of creativity comes to life, explodes, amplifies? Mm -hmm. When you like rein it in, slow it down, answer that. And then I have a follow-up question potentially <laughs> from the start. Well, I think I'll, what I will say is it's kind of knowing when, let me think of the best way to say this. So a lot of times if I am forcing an idea and there, listen, sometimes you have a deadline you have to meet, it happens, right? But if I'm really forcing something, especially if it's something just I'm working on in the business, not necessarily on the client side, because client side, for that reason, I give myself slightly longer lead times, right? Mm -hmm. Because I do believe ideas need time to percolate and get refined and different things pop up. And so I'll, I'll touch on that in a second, but usually my like pink flag for myself is when I'm like, forcing it and I'm creating like I'm noticing this really intense sense of urgency mm-hmm. that I'm like pink flag because it's not coming from an authentic place mm-hmm. and oftentimes Kelly it comes from a place of comparison mm-hmm. when those really like oh my god I gotta get this out da, 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 da. I'm like okay where did I what did I expose myself to what have I seen what did I start comparing who did I start comparing myself to and what is my truth and where is the sense of urgency coming from? And usually if I can get in tune with that, then I can kind of set that aside because most of the time this, we live in a really fast paced kind of urgent society, but that is not the state of nature. That is not the state of so many things around us, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we have multiple seasons. That's why we have a dormant season, right? So we deserve those seasons in our creativity as well. So I think it's... um recognizing when you're in that like sense of urgency where is it coming from and sometimes I have to coach clients through that too mm-hmm. sometimes I get wanting to launch a certain thing by a certain time 100% but I've talked to certain clients and I've asked that question like where is this launch coming from like you're really like ah it's got to happen tomorrow 
And when I talk them through it, they're like, well, I'm feeling it's because I should be doing this and I should be doing that. I'm like, but you're feeling stressed and you're feeling burnt out. Maybe that's not what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So just being able to sift through some of that, which is not really related to copywriting per se, but it is related to trusting the process and the overarching creative process. Um, but to answer your question, as far as, you know, what um, what is on the other side of that? I mean, it's just more, I would say, deeply rooted ideas, right? Like more lot versus just kind of these come and go moments. It's usually around, um, I mean, a lot of times it's like the deep brand story ideas that come to me when I'm, where my husband and I are big hikers and like rucksackers, so we'll, we'll carry a pack, we'll bring our dog, we'll be in nature and are, you know, we're just kind of immersed and then we don't really like, we'll go for an hour, but we're not timing it per se. And so I really am not wearing a watch. So I don't have a sense of time. And that's the best, I think, time for me to just kind of I'm not forcing myself to think about that idea. I'm just letting whatever kind of pops up into my mind. It might be an idea for a client. It might be something that I'm just thinking for in my business. Um, I might loosely go on a hike and be like, okay, I kind of want to problem solve through X. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like, I'm still having conversations with my husband. I'm still, you know, talking to people that I see on the hike, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not for, again, I'm not forcing it. That's the key. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not pushing myself to deliver and to get to an outcome. I'm just, I'm just encouraging myself, nudging myself to just think and think openly. Like, let's just see what happens. Yes. And so you, you start to build a trust with yourself and with the process in general. When you did, de- honestly, here's, here's the thing. You got to detach from a certain outcome mm-hmm. because sometimes we think it's going to look like this. We think we know what the answer is going to be. And it's a completely different thing. Yeah. When we detach. So I think that's another big piece of it. Yes. One thing that as you're sharing that too, that really like stood out to me is like the duality, right? So you gave Mm -hmm. this example of feeling the sense of urgency. And so the, the remedy that you have found that works well for you is to go on a hike without a watch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it gives you chills when you say it's like, yeah. And so what I wrote down as you said that is like, I have plenty of time. Like you, when you're telling yourself, I don't have time, you like give yourself the opposite. No Mm -hmm. sense of time. Just go. Absolutely. And like, there you have it. Right. And so like, we could almost think about how could that be applied in other things that come up for us. Like if, if mm-hmm. we're, you know, if time is one of them, maybe it's like, I don't have enough money. And I'm not saying like, mm-hmm. don't like go spend all your money, but maybe it's like, go allow yourself to go window shopping without bringing your wallet and just enjoying Gosh. the experience of seeing things that you like and immersing yourself in these like rich, abundant experiences without a pressure to spend. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's all these ways where we, tell ourselves one thing and we receive the truth is the exact opposite. That's so right? true. Like, Oh, mm-hmm. I just have to get this done now. Urgent, urgent, rush, frantic to like, I'm going to go on a hike with no watch. 
Like mm-hmm. F time, forget time. Mm-hmm. We're going to not even have this be with us. Um, so that was interesting to just like hear that as you, mm-hmm. as you shared that. Um, and I love too how you um, just brought up the the concept of a pink flag. I love that. It's like a warning. Like we haven't mm-hmm. got too far, but here's like your indicator that something needs to maybe get noticed where it was mm-hmm. just happening. But something you said along the lines of of trusting the process and and what's what came up for me as you were sharing your story and your experience was the ways in which. Think of the word like a funk, right? Like a lot of times, some we mm-hmm. feel like we're in a funk of some sort. And mm-hmm. I have found the best way out of a funk is to get further into it, mm-hmm. like without judgment yes. of oh, I can't get this stuff done. I can't like. And again, that's kind of going back to that. Like, what would your nine-year-old self tell you to do mm-hmm. right now? Yeah, like, yeah you know, that's it's a like good point. The deeper you go into the funk or, or like allow this feeling that you're resisting, actually the other side of the process is like so much better if you fought the funk the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said, because I think, you know, with um, even I'm not, I'm not a good meditator. I know there's no such thing, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like I try and it's very hard for me to like sit in 15 minutes. Um, of stillness and meditate. But I find that, again, it's similar to what you're saying, the best way, it's the, it's actually the days and this, these aren't my words, but you know, when you know, you need to meditate when you are like, I don't have time for it, like you need it twice as much. Right. Right. And so I think it's similar to what you're saying, like going through the funk, I think with meditation, when you're feeling like, oh, I don't, I don't have time to feel these things, right. Or I'm too busy for this. That's when you actually need to do the opposite and slow down Mm -hmm. and detach from that. And because that's actually exactly what you need, right? It's, it's, it is the remedy. So I think um, until, you know, even saying it out loud to you, I didn't quite think of the duality of it. So it's interesting to hear it kind of mirrored back Mm -hmm. to me because I'm like, huh, that is so funny. Here's this, you know, zero to a hundred kind of idea of um, urgency yeah. And now we go hiking and I'm literally no watch phones, I don't know, somewhere in my pack, right? Like I'm not on right. my phone. I'm not looking at the time. I'm not concerned with the time. I don't have anywhere to be back. You know, every now and then we will take like a wrong turn if I'm leading directionally challenged um, and we're lost, right? And then it's like, again, that's part of the process and out there it doesn't seem to matter. But here it's like, we live in this kind of nine to five sort of idea, you know, and it's, um, I think it's time to revamp for sure. The, the nine to five. Yeah. Concept. Yeah. And I share another sort of a coachy observation in terms of your, your comment about meditation too. Yeah, for sure of this concept of time and how qualifying medit being good at meditating is if you can do it for 15 minutes. <laughs> what if you meditated without a time? time? Mm-hmm. And what if like two minutes was great and actually everything that you needed. And on the flip side, what if you ended up like sitting in silence for a solid 27 minutes? That's really interesting. Yeah. I've actually, I don't think I've ever done that. I'm such a like, you know, I think, again, you read about how it's supposed to look. 
that's why I think in the beginning we said how you define success, right? How is yeah. it supposed to feel mm-hmm. for you, not for someone? So I think meditation is, is it's a good challenge from your perspective of like, okay, but who said 15 minutes? Right. Who said that? Right. Yeah. Why does it have to be 15 minutes? Why can't it just be sitting for a few minutes? And if it's 27 or if it's seven, then of the day, that part really doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love living with the question of who said, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. said is a, my favorite questions are who said, what's the rush. And then of course this podcast title, what if, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, think, you know, um, I want to know too about just when it comes to your slowing down before we um, hit record on the podcast, you were sharing just how mm-hmm. it, like it doesn't necessarily feel natural or easy for you. And we kind of dove into that. Mm-hmm. Like it's not, it's not what we're used to. It's not how our society is programmed. And so I'd love to hear like, what are ways that for yourself, you have found most helpful to like overcome the resistance to slow down? Mm. Hmm. I think um, kind of redefining my mornings, right? I used to be one, especially when I was going in the office, um, as in like leaving my house, right? I work from home now. And so it was like this rush to get out the door and, get out there faster and get my coffee and take my coffee and quickly to go. And obviously with a brand like Freshly Brewed Coffee, I'm a big coffee lover, right? And I really love, like I savor that coffee moment. And so I've redefined my mornings to be this like truly a cup filler, I call it, right? So the first few hours of my morning, I, not always, but this is how I try to move through that is usually I have an app blocker on social. So I'm not going on social first thing doesn't always happen, but I think when we're able to just, again, sit with our thoughts. So I do my morning pages. I don't know if um, your listeners are familiar with Julia Cameron, the artist, the artist way. way. Yeah. You do that. So, still. I'll, I tried it for like, I a week. Still, yeah, I still, um, you know, again, like I know there's, you're, you can't be bad at it. Right. Just like meditation. I'm not perfect at it. And it is funny, Kelly, because now I think like who said three pages? I mean, Julia said, but <laughs> Who's Maybe she? Lisa said, who's she, <laughs> right? Yeah. I do have a lot of respect for her, but why can't it be, you know, one sentence or right. three sentences versus three pages? And I, I actually help myself with that. I've, I've gotten smaller journals. So yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to cheat system. There you go. I'm going to crack yeah. the code, but I'll do my morning pages. I'll brew my coffee, um, sip my coffee slow. Um, I'm doing a, um, studying a little bit about Course in Miracles, I'll read my, you know, one lesson a day, I'll do some reading um, for myself. So it's really, I'll meditate some days. I've kind of um, made my mornings this sort of, I guess, the rhythm of the morning is very slow. Mm -hmm. So that way I can give myself permission first thing in the morning and kind of fill up my cup and feel good and then pour out into my work and into my relationships because I'm feeling like, okay, I just had my moment to decompress my thoughts. I had my moment to enjoy my coffee. I usually turn on one of those like cheesy, um, but this helps me because it's a visual. I don't know if you know, but you can like set, um, I don't know if you guys have YouTube on mm-hmm. your TV, but you can set those um, if you search like fireplace backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. We but do they that. have it too. 
You guys do that? At Christmas, yeah. At Christmas. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We do. I do it year round, but you can find like these like dreamy homes. And, you know, you kind of, you had brunch, mentioned um, window shopping. I mean, I, okay. I'm a huge window shopper and I'm a huge Pinterest um, kind of absorber as well. And when I pin things to like my 2024 vision, I mean, I full on feel everything that I'm pinning as it, it is happening to me. So for me to have this like beautiful background, the lights are low. My husband is still sleeping. The dog is sleeping. Like it's this really beautiful morning mm -hmm. and my gratitude, um, you know, section of my, my journal is kind of, it's kind of to be, I need to like rethink it, but it's, I'm so grateful for the morning that I think I write that every morning. Like I'm so grateful for a slow morning. I'm so grateful for a slow morning because to your point, it did not happen overnight. It was not easy for so much of my life. My mornings were kind of chaotic. Mm -hmm. And even when I started the business, the first two years, it was really hard to get there because I would feel guilty. Yeah. A hundred percent. You said before shame. It's like this. Yeah. The shame, guilt, they're, they're kind of like sister cousin type of thing. But yeah, yeah. definitely was feeling really guilty to like, just slow down, mm -hmm. you know, nights are a whole other animal, but mornings right. I definitely feel like I've like reclaimed. So yeah. And well, like, you know, like if nights, if nights are an animal you want to tackle at some point, it's like, sure. show yourself how good you've been at morning. So if you're good at that, of course mm -hmm. you can do the night thing too. And it's so funny. You talked about like, you write down every morning, you um, love your morning routine. Every morning I write down, I love my first sip of coffee. And like, mm -hmm. I'm not kidding. Sometimes I don't, like I buy 60% of the coffee that comes into our house. I swear it's like the gratitude is an act of manifestation too. Like we get, yeah. I don't know where we get coffee from some days, but I'm like, does somebody give us coffee? How do we have That's more coffee? Funny. And so it's like your mornings <laughs> probably get to be better and better and better the more you continuously practice them or excuse mm -hmm. me, practice gratitude for them. And just like, oh, I love my mornings and to like express that love for them then you then came the idea of like, oh, I'm going to turn on this like bougie home in the background and have that playing on you. <laughs> like, you know, you got to amplify mm -hmm. what makes your mornings better by simply starting to appreciate them. Just like coffee just shows up sometimes at our house. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, wanna, to... Oh, go ahead. What do you say? No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to shift gears like just a smidge because I want to mm -hmm. know too. I don't know if I've ever asked you this, mm -hmm. but tell me about freshly brewed copy in the sense of where did the name come from? Because I love that. Um, and so I want to maybe just share for our listeners of like, how did you come to that name and what does it mean to you today too? Hmm. I feel, I love that question. I honestly, people will ask me that all the time and I'm like, it took me 10 years. I feel like that's my answer, you know, to the, this idea of things percolating and, um, I kind of was raised in this era of when all these freelancers um, were getting websites with their personal last name. So my maiden name is Kuznetsova. So my first website that I ever launched when I was still in college and my brother was just nudging me to like freelance. You know, he said, just try it, just try it. And it was just lisakuznetsova.com, right? Um, and then there was a second wave that came where... Again, 
what people are doing, right? Me kind of watching the environment and um, reflecting that back. And there was this other era of like, okay, your name and then the thing that you do, right? So Lisa writes was my second kind of um, evolution, if you will, Mm -hmm. of the business. And again, it was me freelancing. I was working corporate as a writer. Um, My last job, I was at Mauritius as a writer. And so I was working there but I had Lisa rights and I you know invested some branding some thought around um kind of what I wanted this to be sort of a micro agency-ish kind of model but again Mm -hmm. not a ton of clarity um around it quite yet and then when I left Maurice's I knew Lisa rights was not where I wanted it to be next I knew I was ready for the next evolution Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time in this kind of marinating phase, thinking about what do I want it to be and wanting myself to be um, the backseat, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't want necessarily like my name to be front and center. I really wanted it to embody a feeling. And mm-hmm. with an industry like copywriting, even though it is so prevalent in everything that we touch and read and consume, a lot of business owners that I was attracting at the time and just people in general, they think it's like legal copyright or they don't even know what copywriting is. It's mm. hard for people to understand. You and I are so in it. We get it. We're like, oh, right. copywriting. Right. Yeah. But it's really like, what is copywriting? What do you mean you write for a living? You write to compel? What does that mean? You know, like right. mm-hmm. I needed and I wanted a metaphor for people to understand what copy can do for your business. And mm-hmm. so, yes, I've been a copy lover for a very long time, but all of a sudden it really was like a wake up call. Like I woke up one morning and I was like, OMG, I have the name Freshly Brewed Copy. That's it. I love that. And the funny thing about that, Kelly, is the domain was taken, right? It was parked. Mm. So my, I was like, oh my God, I think it was for sale for like 2000, right? And I was just starting in the business. I'm like, my gosh, 2000 for a domain. Like, ooh, I don't think I can, you know, I don't, I can't stomach that. And so I made peace. And this is what's so beautiful about what I'm about to, I think, say for anyone that's tr- trusting in the idea, even if it's not um, unfolding the way that you want it to. So, of course, I wanted it to be freshlybrewedcopy.com, right? And I had all the socials locked, right? Everything was locked. But the domain that I purchased at the time was a .co. Mm -hmm. And I was really kind of like, err about it. But then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to embrace it. And I'm going to tell people it's a .co, not a .com. And I went through with the branding. I was this close to launching. And it was a random Tuesday. And I remember just being like, I'm just going to check. And it was available for like 12 bucks. Shut up. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but it, but I think if I had attached myself to the outcome of this is what it's supposed to look like, because the idea was pure, mm-hmm. the idea was authentic, right? Yes, somebody had parked it at one point or another. But I trusted that, you know what? This feels really good. Mm-hmm. I can I can roll with a dot co mm-hmm. that doesn't define success that's just one way it can look Mm -hmm. and so I had to fully 110% trust in that and then the universe was like here you go 
you are right. ready for it now. Mm -hmm. So I think that is kind of um, the story of the name, but I think there's kind of more to the story as I'm sharing. Um, and I think just letting people see uh, not only did, you know, is coffee like coffee for your business in the sense that it gives you clarity and fuel, all of those things, energy, but it's also um, how I want copywriting to feel and how I want relationships to feel mm -hmm. is like a conversation over a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. right? I want it to feel good. I want it to feel intimate. I want it to feel personable, approachable, familiar, mm -hmm. um, grounded, warm, inviting. So I think there was a lot of things that um, I wasn't even fully aware until I like was in it of like, wow, just more layers kept kind of, you know, like you had mentioned earlier when we were talking, like the entree of the business, right? All of a sudden you're like, okay, you've tried all these different recipes. You're like you have the entree now. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how it feels at this point, you know, four years later. Yes. Yes. I love that. And like how it all, um, I was, one of the things that comes up with just everybody, not just like my specific coaching clients and probably not just specifically to the people that you work with, but people who have an idea, they want to do something. And then they say, how, you know, and so often we can like cut ourselves off at the knees when we don't have all of the hows figured out. And I think your story is such a beautiful one of how, of how the how can be so different. Like, there was so much you knew how to do to create what you wanted. And yet this big kind of like, woo, oh my gosh, can it happen? Synchronicities, mm -hmm. how, like you didn't know. I don't know if this is going to, maybe even once I get all this done, the .co will be gone to, like you don't know. Oh, for sure. But like you know enough to know to continue to proceed. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that I find too, like when I work with clients and like you work with people too, it's like, I'm not an expert on the how and a lot of things. Like there are several things just like you do that you know very much. This is how mm -hmm. we do this. But yet there's this also kind of like this universal God shot of like, I don't know how, but you got to say yes. And the how will come kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's mm -hmm. just, it's wild how it works is when you just go forth with the little, even the tiniest how that you can know, do something with that. And again, going back to your concept of like the time, what's the urgency, release the attachment to the time, the urgency and continuing to ask yourself, like, what's the rush here? What, and why does it, why does it have to be this way? I love that story. I didn't know that. That's amazing. Yeah, it will be, it will be shown to you and it might be shown to you in a different way than you realize. Yeah. You know, but it really, I think just having trust and faith in that and, um, and it might prime you for something else, you know, and I've had so many of those conversations with, with clients and, and friends too, and just the how, I mean, it's much like, you know, when you're driving at night, um, I mean, how do you trust that the road is that you're not going to drive off a cliff, mm -hmm. right? How do, how do you trust that? Because you can only see so much of the road, right? Or that the road is still going to be, be there. You do, right? You keep going. So I think if we can have that same, you know, maybe not the best metaphor, but apply it in our business of like, just trust that like it will be shown to you inch by inch, but you have to take that step. Mm -hmm. So actually, I think that is a good metaphor because what comes to mind for me is like, go as far as 
the headlights show you. Exactly. Right. And the rest will be shown. Yeah. Little by little. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, okay. <laughs> so this time it goes by so fast. We, I feel like you and I too, I had to put like a timeline, like when are we going to be done? Because I know in the past, like you and I talk for like a really long time and we could just keep talking and talking, which is like okay. so amazing. I love that about, I love that about us. And I love that about you. Um, <laughs> but I do want to, for the listeners, you know, come to a conclusion at some point in this episode. So I told you, I was going to ask you a question. I always ask people yeah. at the episode, which is, what are you proud of? I think the biggest thing that I would say I am proud of in this season that I'm in is this ability to really um, hear the signals through the noise. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of shiny object syndrome around us at all times, right? And so I think I'm able to really hear um, the signals through it and have focus around kind of where I really want the business to go, how I want it to feel. And I think that is tied back to my ability to take a step back and say, okay, this is my definition of success. It looks so different than XYZ copywriter, XYZ agency, right? XYZ business coach, um, someone telling me this is what it should look like. Um, and it's getting really honest with like, okay, for me, this is my definition of success and being able to define it. And then as a result, you know, hear the, the signals through the noise, mm -hmm. being a little bit more intuitive, I guess, is another way of saying what I've said. Yes. That's huge because that's trust. That's self self trust, mm -hmm. and that's can be challenging for so many people to cultivate. And I think the more that you do that, the more layers you see, like that, it holds. Mm -hmm. All of that. Well, I am proud of you for that too, and I'm proud of you mm -hmm. for like what you shared because I know when we connected so long ago, now there was this like feeling of like. I know I want to slow down, but, but how, and like, again, going back to that, it, the how revealed itself to you. And now you're writing an article in a magazine about it. Like, <laughs> how about that? Um, I wanted to touch back to you with one thing quickly about what you said about like that freshly brewed copy would kind of be like an entity outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. I love that because, so I have my own practice, my own coaching, right? Mm -hmm. um, but then like with the whole concept and emergence of a founder magazine, it feels so fun to have something that's like not my name that gets mm -hmm. to highlight other people and isn't at all about like my own personal name, but it's like this concept of mm -hmm. be what you want to be. Um, so I really resonated with that when you shared that about um like your your name coming to life for you too mm -hmm. so, i love that thank you um if people want to connect with you by now you should all know if you've been listening to go to freshlybrewedcopy.com um, <laughs> but where else can people find you and all of your um what are they called your your copy your you do them in your stories what are they called i'm like totally blank. oh espresso copy tips espresso copy tips they're always so good so Thank follow you. for those, if nothing yes. else. Yes. 
Thanks, Kelly. Yeah, I Facebook, Instagram. I'm a big Threads girl. Um, I have I, I'm on X, but I'm I think just Threads is. I, I hope more people get on there. I'm a big fan of it. Um, yeah, I would love to um, love to connect with other entrepreneurs, creative souls. Um, that would be awesome. And thank you for having me. Always uh, such good questions. Love our conversations. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for being here. And thank you for being um, in the magazine, this issue as well. Um, if you haven't read it, go read it because um, what Lisa shares is helpful for everybody and for our own selves too. I'm sure it was like helpful for you to be like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. get back in touch with like, what is my process around this too? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you. And we will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much for listening today. We love podcast reviews and feedback, so please don't be shy to leave a review. If you're loving what you're learning here and would desire one-on-one -on -one help as you step into your founder identity, we should talk about that. Sign up for a free Focus Forward consult where we get really clear on where it is you want to go, what is getting in the way of that, and from there we create a roadmap to get you there smoothly and quickly. We make your goals inevitable. The link is in the show notes to book that session. And if you're really excited to discover what you'll become the founder of, or if you've been in business for some time but are feeling like the ground beneath you is a little unsteady and you're sensing a transition is on the way, get into Founder. It's a 30-day journal practice and program where you learn how to surrender what's within and shut off all the noise around you so you can finally hear how you can finish the statement that says, I am the founder of. The link for that program is also in the show notes. Talk to you next time.